Listener supported. WNYC Studios. I'm Carrie Nolan. It's Monday, March 26th, and time for WQXR's Washington Report Online. Joining us now, as he does every Monday, is David Sanger, Chief Washington Correspondent for The New York Times. Good morning, David. Morning, Carrie. David, President Obama arrived in South Korea over the weekend just as the North Koreans are threatening a satellite launch that looks a lot like a ballistic missile test. He issued stark warnings to the North, saying continued threats would cause the U.S. to pull its food aid to the country. Is this missile test going to go forward? You know, I suspect it probably will. At this point, it's a, it's a question of face for the North Koreans. It's also the 100th anniversary of uh, the birth of Kim Il-sung, the country's founder, and the North has been saying for a long time that they uh, plan to celebrate this with a display of North Korean power. So I wouldn't be surprised if on top of the the missile test, you also see another nuclear test, and in fact, that's what many American officials are are looking for. And that would pretty much end this uh, latest uh, spate in the past few weeks of, of an effort to get the U.S. and North Korea talking for the first time, really, since President Obama came to office. At that summit he's attending, 50 world leaders are there to assess how well the world is doing to lock down loose nuclear materials that could fall into the hands of terrorists. So how's that plan going? You know, not bad. Uh, as uh, international initiatives go, this one has gotten uh, a lot of juice behind it. And the reason is that there is very little controversy around the world that you want to lock up uh, the loose materials that were left over after uh, the Soviet Union collapsed and also that are in hospitals, in uh, medical uh, nuclear reactors, even in standard nuclear reactors, uh, all of which could be vulnerable to terrorists. And so President Obama, at the first such meeting here in Washington two years ago, set out some deadlines for getting this material locked down. And I'd say looking at the the report card now, about 80% of what they aim to do within two years around the world has happened. Now, what's the downside? Uh, The downside has been that there are still a couple of countries that are producing more bomb-grade material even as uh, the rest, the old stuff, is being locked up. Uh, The chief offender here is Pakistan, which is uh, adding to its nuclear arsenal at a pretty uh, tremendous rate and producing a lot more material along the way. The Pakistanis are uh, at the meeting in Seoul, but they're likely to be pretty quiet. Uh, India and China are also problems in this regard. In his speech earlier today in Korea, President Obama borrowed from language about unifying Europe more than two decades ago, talking about a Korea, quote, whole and free. How likely is that? You know, Kerry, uh, American presidents have been looking for the collapse of North Korea since Harry Truman sat in the White House, and they've all been disappointed. Now, if you go into WikiLeaks, you'll discover a fascinating conversation that took place about two years ago between a very senior South Korean official and the American ambassador at the time in Seoul. And the South Koreans were predicting at that time that two to three years after the death of Kim Jong-il, the North Korean leader who just died uh, in December, uh, that the entire country would collapse. Well, so far there isn't any particular evidence of that, but uh, we're early in that two- to three-year cycle. It'll be interesting to see if the South Koreans um, had a good line into that. Uh, 
if North Korea does collapse uh, at any uh, at any moment in the near future, then the question is, does South Korea take over the territory? Does China jockey to take part of it? So it's not quite clear whether the, the lofty image that the president described in his speech this morning uh, would actually play out the way the United States would want. Finally, David, over the next three days, the Supreme Court will hear arguments uh, over the constitutionality of the health care overhaul. In particular, the court will examine the provision that requires Americans to pay into the system. What should we be looking for? You know, Carrie, this is going to be a, a remarkable moment, partly because of the political potency of this issue in the middle of a political campaign. Uh, but also because the hearing is going to stretch out over three days. I can't remember the last time that's happened in a Supreme Court case. And so to some degree, the uh, the decision that the court makes here is going to end up defining a lot of the argument about uh, Obamacare. Uh, if, in fact, the court rules that a forced contribution into a uh, government-administered health care plan is no different than, say, the forced contributions we make into Social Security and into Medicare, uh, I think you're going to find uh, the Republicans, uh, of course, up in arms, but at the same time, they're going to have a, a difficult case arguing that um, that uh, President Obama has diverged dramatically from American tradition. If, on the other hand, the uh, law is struck down, uh, President Obama is going to have to scramble to decide whether or not he can come up with a proposal that would effectively uh, reproduce the benefits without managing to reproduce the level of revenue, and that would be very difficult to do. Thanks a lot, David. Thank you, Kerry. New York Times Chief Washington Correspondent David Sanger. I'm Kerry Nolan, and that's The Washington Report on Classical 105.9 FM WQXR.